Hello and welcome to Inside Modular, the podcast of commercial modular construction, brought to you by the Modular Building Institute. Today's episode is also brought to you by the now virtual Offsite Construction Expo, sponsored by MBI. Visit OffsiteConstructionExpo.com today to join industry speakers, exhibitors, and attendees for the first virtual expo of 2020 on September 16th and 17th. Now everyone can attend for only $199. That's OffsiteConstructionExpo.com. Welcome everyone. My name is John McMullen and I'm the marketing director here at MBI. Today I'm joined by Jim Dunn, president and founder of Stack Modular. Jim is here to talk about steel frame modular buildings and to catch us up on Stack's recent projects. Jim, how are you today? I'm pretty darn good, John. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. So uh, let's jump right in. Tell me about Stack Modular. How did the company get started and uh, where do you operate? Oh, man, uh, that was a long time ago. So 12 or 13 years ago, I was a, a, a low-rung engineer in California, and I, I, I met a young lady. She said that China is the future, so I, uh, I ventured over to China. Um, the lady is no longer in my life, but that's not the important part. The business is. And, uh, and ultimately, I, I found that living in China, I was... I was uh, not overly desirable for large companies in China, so I had to start my own thing. Awesome. And we still, and yeah, we don't have a lot of wood in China, so that's really how the company came to existence. <laughs> Speaking of stack modular built with steel, uh, why why is that? We've always found well. First and foremost, I think naivety is beautiful, and so 13 years ago, when you don't have a plethora of of timber or wood lying around, and you only have steel or concrete there's a, an obvious advantage to just finding the product that's available. Um, but ultimately as an engineer, you know, it's, it's nice to see that steel buildings, uh, uh, there's a reason why they go above six and eight stories here in North America, They're more durable, high seismic, um, certainly design flexibilities. The structure is less than what you'd see in timber frame buildings. So that brings me to my next question. Uh, what's the main difference between steel frame modular and, and wood frame? Do you mention some of the height, uh, that steel is able mm-hmm. to get you to? Are, are there other differences? Certainly. I know a lot of our architectural firms that we work with enjoy the freedom of design when it comes to steel. You just have less structure to work around with respect to room layouts. Um, obviously, the combustibility of, of and lack, the fire retardant nature of steel versus wood is a big bonus. Uh, as we kind of progress with our building codes this day and age, you know, we, we, we fight the steel, the, the fire requirements every day and and steel has an advantage versus wood. Um, obviously, the molding and warping is a big one as these buildings last longer and are expected to last longer on owner's balance sheets. The, the warping and certainly the mold issues are an advantage with steel. I think ultimately the transportation of a module from A to B, whether, you know, in our case, it's quite far. It's from China to, to America or Canada, even if it's a mile up the road, you know, Putting a wood box in the back of a truck or back of a ship and moving it, the propensity for that wood to shift is an issue. Uh, Steel, the the likelihood of it shifting, moving, warping is less. And I think that ultimately, because our modules, wood or steel, are a vehicle for the first weeks or months of their life, there's an advantage there with steel. Well, that's a great segue to my next question. Uh, Seeing as how your modules have to travel so far, uh, I just read about a project in California that you're working on uh, that combines mm-hmm. that combines steel frame modules with site built components. Uh, what can you tell me about that project? Yeah, I think that there's always a site built component to any modular project, whether it's 
the basic foundations or piles in the ground or simply just excavation. And ultimately what we're doing in California is, is much further down the hybrid approach, if you will, whereby the first three stories are site-built concrete. The modules uh, upwards of 14 stories are stacked on top of those three stories of concrete. And so the cohesion between the general contractor, the design teams, and ultimately us as a modular provider and the owner is is imperative because there is so many connecting components between so much site build and so much modular. So in general, how how does a, a hybrid building like this work? How are they how are they built? Yeah, good question. Well they're you know, the positive is they're built at the same time. So you've got your your activation, your foundations, your you know, your underground parking and, and your your podium levels of, of, in this case, a hotel being built at the same time as the modules are built, being built in our plants. So you've got these two concurrent construction schedules running at the same time, which is a huge advantage to the owner. Ultimately, he's, he's owning and operating his business months and months sooner than if you went with conventional construction. But it, it sounds so sweet and sexy when you say it, you know, you're building two things at once, but to be able to get there, the interaction between all teams, the cohesion necessary between the, all groups and we've got three zoom calls a week with 40 plus consultants checking every box so that when these modules arrive everything is aligned and that owner is actually opening months sooner you can imagine if one module is off by an inch which we've seen a lot in the wood business but when in the steel business you're you're actually designing and building for perfection so, so you mentioned designing with perfect go ahead sir. no i'm sorry i was just going to ask another question but you weren't done go ahead no, no, just when you say designing with perfection, it, it's such a easy thing to say, but so difficult to attain. And that's what modular hybrid construction requires. Got you. So uh, I was going to say, you mentioned the, the concurrent design process. Uh, how does a project like this start? Does it start concurrently? Is there a step one on site or is there a step one modular? What's, what, how mm -hmm. did, what, what's the genesis of, of the project? Good question. Well, I have to hand it to the ownership groups that we worked with in the past and look to work for, look look to work forward to working for in the future. The owner has to have the appetite to rethink, to bring on code consultants, to bring on, you know, potentially interior designers so much earlier in the design stages than what would have normally been seen in the market. So you've got to have a hungry owner who's willing to think outside the box. As far as, you know, how does the cohesion or how does the design component happen the modular team has to be at the forefront of design from day one and this isn't for any of our architectural friends out there or engineering friends or consultants to take offense to just we're not in a in a generation yet where modular construction or modular design is is common knowledge so that modular team has to be from the ground up on the design stages of this project meaning napkin sketch stage get your modular guy involved and ultimately let your modular guy i don't say necessarily run the meetings but be a co-host of the meetings with the architect with the engineers with the ownership groups so that everything is being designed with modular in mind i always kind of tell our clients you know you wouldn't want an architect designing a nissan car or a ford car we ultimately are the we're the car manufacturer so the architect is, is full of great ideas and, and knowledge, but you need that car manufacturer if we're going to design cars from the beginning stages. 
And you mentioned the, the architects and the engineers, and that's actually a great segue to my next question. Are there any special considerations for architects and engineers that they need to make to accommodate uh, site-built components, particularly in this building uh, in California that we're talking about with, with multi-level site-built components? Are, do the modules themselves need to be built differently to accommodate that? No, like there, so every module project that we've ever done is built per project. So there isn't something we can take off the shelf that's cookie cutter. And that's, that's a double-edged sword because, you know, our accounting side would love cookie cutter modules, but ultimately the, the site components themselves, the architect, the ownership group, and certainly the seismic and engineering requirements will dictate those particular modules for that particular site. If you, if you ask me what would a modular firm need, um, it sounds strange, but open-mindedness. There's a lot of firms out there that have done great things over the last many decades. And, you know, we find that a lot of the firms we find have found success with are the ones a little bit more hungry than the old-fashioned firms, the ones that are a little bit more excited to take on something new, the ones that just want to learn something that, that is potentially the future of construction. Um, being told by an architect or an engineer how modular is supposed to work when they've never done it is never really a recipe for success in this business. So what's the installation process like? You, you, when you start getting modules on site and you've got this uh, multi-level foundation, how, is, it, is it any different? What, what happens on site once the modules arrive? Sure. Well, in our case, the modules, if I step, take one step back, the modules will arrive in an American port city. And we'll have a lay down yard relatively close to that American port city. And the perfect situation is you have a short commute on a truck to the project site. You know, there's a lot of port cities around America, so you're never really far from a project site, you know, no more than a day's drive. And so we'll find a lay down yard and you'll draw down on the modules of the lay down yard to the project site. And your goal should be, you know, certainly your first few days of module placement are going to go more slowly. You know, the team is nervous. The team is, is triple checking their measurements. But as you get going, you can do 10, upwards of 10, 12 modules a day. And they'll be trucked into site. You'll have a, a crane or two, in, this, in our particular case in California, two cranes, pulling these modules off the back of these trucks and placing them, just as you can imagine, like a big Lego block next to and on top of its, its purchasing neighbor. How about when, when all the, the modules are, are stacked and everything's done, is there a, uh, a, a next process for finishing? Was there exterior work that mm -hmm. needed to be done? Mm -hmm. Yeah, great question. So this particular ownership group is, is very, in, a, in the right way, very forceful to do as much in the plant as possible. So the, the variance on what is done on site versus what's done in the plant is, is very project specific. But in this case, you know, we're doing a, a substantial amount of the cladding systems in the plant. Um, all the FF&E in the modules is done in the plant. So what you're now doing on site is you're stacking these modules and you're tying your MEP systems vertically and into the corridor system. So that has to be done on site. So the corridors are raw. And you're going to tie all these MEP systems into the corridor and finish your corridors on site. But the room itself is 98% complete. The cladding, as you can imagine, can't be... 100% done in the plant because you've got to be doing your stitching, your vertical and horizontal stitching. So I would say 60 to 70% of the cladding systems is done in the plant. And what that does is it, it eliminates a ton of labor on site and ultimately eliminates a lot of cost and hurries the schedule for the owner's open date. So I can, I can imagine 
from from an on-site person point of view, this is it's very different. It's very new. What and you mentioned, you know, all the Zoom calls that you'd had earlier with with the ownership team, the architects, and the engineers. Was there a, a learning curve uh, for either the on-site team or the modular team with this project? Were there challenges that you guys had to overcome? Yeah, yeah, certainly. There's the challenge in every project, and I think that's what kind of you know brings our team back to work the next day is, is you know filling and satisfying kind of a new challenge every day. Um, you know, maybe a potential good story in this one was finding the team that would be able to design so quickly and efficiently. Like that was a challenge. There's a lot of architectural firms or engineering firms promoting they know how to do modular or they, they want to do modular, but finding the team that actually would would click like like a sports team, that was a challenge and we ultimately found it. And, and I have never been on a better design group than, than this particular California hotel. And it, I'm very proud to say that Every one of us call each other friends, and that's only by Zoom. I, I'm excited one day to meet everybody. <laughs> well, I, I guess we're doing a lot of Zoom calls because of COVID and the pandemic. In normal yeah. times, would would all of you had met each other by now on site? What would be the normal yeah. process for that? Yeah, normal the normal process is at Stack in our business. Our, our our airfare monthly bills are quite quite high, right? We're having <laughs> to visit ownership groups, architectural firms, all of the, all of the above, um, quite regularly. Whether it's city officials, all the way down to the interior designer, we're, we're in their office regularly, and that's why we've got offices in Canada and in, in Asia, and soon to be here in the United States, just so we can really provide that service to our client. Because modular is not. The modular smarts and in, in understanding how to design a modular building are, are not readily available quite yet. So we need to be in front of everybody, and we understand that. Gotcha. Uh, so do you see hybrid structures like this becoming more of the norm as modular construction becomes more mainstream? Yeah, yeah, I, I think that you'll always have – I think modular construction should be renamed hybrid modular construction, to be honest with you. You're never going to just place a module uh, on a piece of gravel bed. You know, those are called construction trailers. Ultimately, any modular pr- – product we build is a hybrid to some degree and in this case i I believe two-thirds of the square footage is modular and one-third of the square footage is is site built um and that's a good number once you start kind of losing the majority of the square footage is is site built you start losing the efficiencies of modular so what's next for stack Ooh, good question i guess that's my job isn't it (laughs) Um, well, you know, there's, there's, it's no secret that, you know, the current administration in, in both America and Canada are not a real fan of, of what's happened in China over the many years. And, and so, you know, as a result, there's, there's some turmoil and, and trying to understand and, and work through that turmoil is probably my, my real job right now. Um, making sure that our clients are protected and we're bringing modules into China to the best quality possible. Um, and making sure that every administration is happy about it. Because ultimately, we're, we're just trying to house people here in North America and build buildings. And there's a huge shortage of, of human power here on the West Coast of America. So hopefully everyone under, understands that and appreciates that. There's a lot of work for everybody here. But as far as what's next for Stack, you know, this is a 14-story structure. You know, who's to say next year is not a 20-story? And who's to say that in a few years from now we're not talking about 40- and 50-story structures? You know, that would be a, a pretty neat conversation for you and I to have, John, one day as we're talking about 40-plus stories here in America. I would love to have that conversation. 
thanks so much, Jim. I, I really appreciate your time today. Uh, I know you're still uh, crossing T's and dotting the I's on this California hotel, um, but I'd love to see a case study someday. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, you and I will have a cocktail on the, on the beautiful patio overlooking the ocean. You got yourself a date. All right, sir. All right, thank you. My name is John McMullen, and this has been another episode of Inside Modular, the podcast of commercial modular construction. Until next time.